Welcome to another episode of the College Football Series here on the Splitting Up Rights podcast. Uh, before we get started, though, we're going to play a quick ad from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. Today, we got to interview Collins Okacha from Coppell. He was a linebacker at Sam Houston State, a guy that I looked up to personally. We talked a little bit about his friendship with Solomon Thomas, as well as his days at Sam Houston. But Sandy, let's stop talking about it, and let's actually get to the interview. Press play, buddy. All right, Colin, so obviously you're a football guy. That's really why you're on the show. You played football with Drew. But just before we came on the show, I was told that you're a soccer guy, that you love soccer, and Drew was running through, well, you were telling us some of the names of the teams that you like, and uh, Bayern Munich. So as of now, the day we're recording, this is the day after Bayern Munich won the Champions League. They beat PSG 1-0. So I just wanted to congratulate you on that, man. Not many football people listening to this know how big that is. That's a big deal for Bayern Munich, man. It's another Champions League in your belt. That's a huge deal, huge deal. And I started liking, um, what is it called? Um, I really got into soccer because of FIFA, if we're being honest. FIFA was my game and I was unbeatable. I don't care what anyone says. So that's really – and Byron was my team, and so I loved them from then on out. And I started paying attention to them and started watching soccer. Hey, yeah, I mean, I've gotten into FIFA this last year, and, I mean, I love it. I, you probably kicked my butt in it. Sandy's really good at FIFA. Um, really? back, in, back in our freshman year, I used to kick my butt all the time in FIFA. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Drew, I mean, Drew had player. played before. I, yeah, I never played, so I was like, I was just getting ran okay. by his team. Okay. Even though I had the better team, he was out here just beating me like five zero. Mm-hmm. Still I mean, learning though. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. And Drew, what I would tell you as a beginner is, I don't know, like about the time Collins kind of soccer was when I was starting to play like religiously, and to this day I don't play with him as much, but I do remember Bayern Munich to me is the best team to play with on FIFA. They're just stacked in so many places. Like, even their midfielders have four- to five-star skills most of the time. So, you can just run through people, man. I mean, it's like, (laughs) if you play a Bayern Munich, you should win. I'm not saying, like, they're an overloaded team. They're just the perfect team to play with. They have everything you need to win. They do. You're not lying. Them, Barcelona, Liverpool, Real Madrid, PSG, they're loaded up. Loaded up. If you got the skill set, you can win with them. For sure, for sure. Yeah, those teams are loaded. But I remember my sophomore year and freshman year, the two years you started on varsity, um, our high school team was loaded. You guys ran through district, had really good records through the year. Uh, Can you kind of elaborate what it was like? I know it was a little while ago, but elaborate what it was like to be a Texas high school football player. Oh, my gosh. Best experience at, like, my favorite experience for sure. Coaches were talking about you're going to miss high school football. They're not lying because – Playing at Coppell was like was like my favorite thing still to this day. After playing college football, there was nothing like a Friday night there with all the fans going there, and especially because we were good. We were really good. Our junior year, we beat Allen. Like, we were both undefeated, and Allen came in. And I don't care what anyone says, Kyler Murray played. He came in in the second quarter, and he played, and he had a lead on us too. So there was no fluke stuff going on. We beat them, and – we had a really good team, but Jacob, you know, Jacob passed away that season, which took a toll. That was tough um, after Hebron. I th- yeah, it was after Hebron, and so that was tough after that. We lost to DeSoto. That was a tough tough ending, not how we wanted to end at all. 
not how we want it to end, but our senior year, whoo. Yeah, I thought, I think personally, I think our senior year is better than our junior year. I think a lot of people don't want to hear that. But I really, I think that um, um, with Solomon, you know, Solomon was like turned up to another level now. And he was already a beast, but he's just known. Everyone knows him now. And um, she's Skyler. I don't know what, Skyler Bruneau was a great quarterback to me. I loved, I loved playing with Skyler. So um, I can't, like, I'm not, I can't say too much. Cause we started off kind of slow our senior year. Like we didn't, we weren't winning by as much, and we lost to Allen. But I, I feel like by the end of it, our senior year team would have beat our junior year team for sure. Hey, that's a that's a bold take, but I mean, I I, I respect it. Senior year, you get that extra year of uh, you know experience under your belt. Uh, makes yeah. you guys and, and you guys returned a lot of guys that year. Um, exactly. Exactly. You kind of hit on my next question, but. Just kind of, I wanted to ask, you know, this kind of a personal, you know, topic. Uh, what what does Jordan Logan mean to you, as well as the number twenty one? Obviously, I was a freshman that year, uh, and I saw the impact it had on the city as well as the football program. Um, but you knew him personally. Uh, we're very close to him. What is what does J Lo and the number twenty one represent to you? Oh my gosh! Well, Jordan is his little sister. You know, Jordan, and we're still we're still pretty close. We still talk all the time and. She's just like a little sister, you know, so we got a lot closer after the incident for sure. We definitely got a lot closer and um, kind of took each other in, comforted each other, and we've just grown ever since and been really close ever since. And, you know, 21, that's just like at, still to this day, 21 is just everything. You still want to throw it up just like, you know, everyone was doing it like the whole year, like honestly so I still like I still want to do it I still want to throw up hybrid nation for them you know 21 that means like that means a lot because a lot of the kids that went like that knew Jacob and were good friends with him ended up wearing 21 in college like a lot of people older than him like my brother who played at UTSA he wore 21 and so those that that's the type of impact he had on our community and who he who he was yeah exactly he he, I think the 21 is still on the hill at Coppell, Um, and I think it will mm-hmm. always be there uh, no matter who's coaching and who's the AD. I think it'll always be represented by the, the community of Coppell. Um, but your brother, Bennett, another guy that I looked up to as well, um, what was it like having someone like Bennett in your household who went off to a university, seeing his kind of, you know, him kind of trail that path for you? How was that having, having that at home? Oh my gosh, he he told me everything. He told me everything to expect, like everything. I was he was close. So I had two older brothers, Evans and Bennett. Evans was a running back. He's older than Bennett, but you know we're not as close. So Bennett, I was closer in age with, and he was just letting me know everything. Everything I was supposed to expect coming in, what it was going to be like from high school football to to college football. It's going to be different. The speed. He he's like the one that kind of made me get going. Like get off my lazy my lazy habits because I caught in middle school I was not um and freshman year honestly I was not a someone that would have ever played high uh, started for Coppell on varsity if I kept that type of mindset so he let me know everything I was gonna that was gonna happen and that helped me a lot for sure but I wish I'd had that Collins like I had a ton of friends in high school but they were all pretty much my age or they were younger Mm -hmm. like I mean I knew my older teammates and I was like friends with them, but I never really had like a mentee to show me the way, like, this is how you have to be to be great. 
And I yeah. think if you like listen to the stories of these great players over time, they tell you about those people in their lives, like whether it be their dad who played football or their coach or just someone who showed them the way. And so I, I think that's awesome to hear that about your brother and all that. But I have, so you were saying that you think your senior team was better than your junior team. Is that because that's when Drew was there? That's when he was older and able to play? Oh, my gosh, Drew. That, yes, of course. He made, the biggest, he made the biggest difference, man. And OLB on our OLB drills, Drew was out there shedding, blocking and shedding. He was destroying me. Hey, I, I was so nervous. So my sophomore year, I was able to suit up because all, all of our outside linebackers were older. And so they were like, oh, let's get some of the younger guys some experience. And I was so nervous because I would always go last after after Daniel and Max. And I always have oh, to go yeah. against Killian, DP, and Collins. And I was like, I can't hurt these guys. Coach DeWitt's <laughs> yelling at me to go harder. So I was like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't yeah, – so oh I, it was goodness. always like pulling teeth for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that, that was a fun year. Unfortunately, we missed the Longview game because Coach DeWitt forgot to tell McBride to suit us up. Um, oh, my God. Are you so, serious? <laughs> yeah. First game of the season? First game of the season at Allen Stadium. We didn't get a go because of it. But every other game we were there supporting you guys oh from the sideline. Gosh, that's crazy. So I got to talk call do it about that. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you go on to Sam Houston. Can you kind of elaborate on your recruitment? Um, did you go on any other visits or was it Sam Houston all the way? It was Sam Houston all the way, honestly. I wasn't even into, like, the antics of, like – flirting around if like we me and Sam Houston was just a school that clicked like it was close to home and they offered me a scholarship and like I was not mad I was not mad about it I was just happy to be playing football and my school was going to be paid for and don't get me wrong Sam Houston State's a great great football team like great we went to semifinals like we won our um, conference two years in a row two conference rings they won the year I didn't play. Um, so, you know, Sam Houston's a great football school. So I was definitely blessed. I was blessed and happy to be there for sure. Yeah, I, I've heard nothing but great things, obviously, living in the same state of Texas about Sam Houston. Uh, can you kind of talk about, I guess, your first fall camp and also that first year of redshirting? Uh, I think you're our first, maybe our first or second uh, interviewee that's been redshirted. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Oh, yeah, for sure. So my first year getting in, oh, my goodness. So – I will tell you, I was working out. I was working out really hard after the season, after our senior year of football. Like that semester, I was trying to work out. But, you know, I lost – after I got my scholarship and I signed, I got a little lazy. I won't, I won't deny. I got a little lazy and I got a little bit – I got bigger. And when I got in, I was 240. Like that's the biggest I've ever been in my life. Like it was just not a good situation. But I was running. I was running hard. Like – and I don't think the coaches, like, they were not expecting me to be looking, like, 240, and I'm going to be playing, like, a, a lineback- outside linebacker. It wasn't just – like, 240 is a good way, but it just wasn't a good 240 on me. So, you know, I started – I was running hard, and from the jump, they kind of knew they were going to redshirt me. We were deep. But redshirting, man, it was tough. I'm not going to lie to you. Redshirt year, you know you're not going to play. Like, you're practicing hard every single day. You're getting hit in the mouth every single day, headaches every day. You're working out at 5 a.m. just before practice and still doing everything the team has to do and more, but you're not getting to play. So it's not, it's not easy. But if you, t- if you do it, like, if you do it right, you'll – that's 
that's when I was the strongest, honestly, like ever in my like that's when I was like benching the most, squatting the most ever in my football career because we were working out every day and work and it was like useful work. We're working hard and we're making it worth it. So you you, you can't go into it like if you're gonna be there, then you might as well make something of it, you know. So it it was not fun, but it helped a lot. It prepared me for sure. Well, yeah, I want I want to expand on this a little bit, Colin. So you said that was the strongest you had ever been. Mm-hmm. Is that mainly because, you know, you, you guys were doing those early morning workouts with the other red shirt or was it also like there was this drive, you know, because you're, you're being red shirted and you don't get to play. Like, is there any part of that like motivated you to like go harder? Oh, 1000%. But it's like, yeah, both of what you said, like we're working out every single morning and we're working hard working hard in there like you got to there's no coaches are going to be looking our strength coach he's going to call you out if you're not and it's going to be worse if he call, if he finds out you're if you're cheating or skipping reps but yeah you have that chip on your shoulder for sure you definitely have that chip on your shoulder whenever you feel like you know maybe not a coach is not respecting you but you're just not getting the chance you deserve or maybe they just don't know who you are as a player so you want to like you want to push and show them who, who like who you can be as a person, who you can be as a player, and I definitely use that. So um, for my next year of football, and that helped me a lot for sure. So you mentioned that Sam Houston State won the conference the year you redshirted, right? Mm-hmm. Was there any part of you, you know, obviously you're doing the workouts with the red shirts, and then you're doing everything that the rest of the team is doing. Um, but you're, you're not playing, you know, I mean, obviously you're a huge contributor in practice. Everyone's contributing in practice. Like that's what coaches always say, but was there any part of you that when Sam Houston state won that championship that you were like, you know, I, I wasn't part of that. Oh, oh my gosh. 1000%. I was, I'm not going to lie to you. I did not like being a scout player at all. I was ready to go home. Like I was, did not want to be at school for Thanksgiving. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, this is not, this is not what's up, but. Whenever they won the ring, it was just like, uh, I mean, I, I liked I liked that we won, and I liked that I saw that we had a really good team. And I get our coaches were saying that you guys are scout and definitely helped helped us get this championship. But be it playing in the game is def it's definitely just a different it's a different feeling whenever you whenever you're a part of the eleven that were on the field or you know that got to play in the play on the against the teams that actually were your opponents. Well, the next year, you kind of mentioned it, um, but the next year, you go on to have a, a pretty great season. You had 23 total tackles, as well as something that I always say a defensive player loves to do, a pick six. Uh, mm-hmm. can, you, can you kind of explain what that feeling was like whenever you did score that touchdown across that line? Oh, my gosh. It had been so long since I had scored a touchdown, since I didn't play defense, or I didn't play any offense after sophomore year of high school. So it was just straight defense with Coach DeWitt and – I, I hadn't felt what it was like to be in the end zone. It was just a different type of feeling. And the, just everything, the interception, running. I'm happy it was a long touchdown. I got to run with it for a long time. It just felt good. It was definitely nice. Yeah, sco- scoring touchdowns is always fun. I, I moved to offense after my sophomore year, and uh, I enjoyed scoring touchdowns more than, than tackling people, for being honest. Mm-hmm. But um, unfortunately, injuries kind of held you off the field for the, the remainder of your career. Uh, can you t- talk about, I guess, how difficult that kind of is? You know, obviously, redshirting is a choice, but injuries, uh, you know, it's not a choice, but it's still one of those things that's like, well, I just want to be on the field playing, but unfortunately, like, just things happen. Yep. So yeah, like you like we talked about, you know, 
um, my red shirt, my red shirt freshman year when I was playing three games into the season, I finally get a start, finally get a start and I'm having, having a pretty good season. And then by the four games later, I tore, tore, tear my MCL and that's it for that season. You know, just a precautionary, they didn't want to rush me back and we were kind of deep with linebackers when I was young. They're just like, you know, just come, we'll be, we'll, by the time you get back, you'll might not even be 100%. We don't want to risk you getting injured. And then the next year, first game of the season, tear my fifth metatarsal. And that's just, that was a season ender, slow growing bone on my foot. And the next year again, tear my other fifth metatarsal on my left foot. So yeah, I was injured for 90% of my college football career, but it's not easy. That's not easy either. Has to trust me. That's not easy either. When you want to, when you're rehabbing to get back and then something happens and then something happens, it's just not, it's not fun being on crutches and it's not seeing, it's not fun seeing like your team succeed without you or not succeed when they could use your help. And, you know, it's just, it's not in anyone's plan to get injured for sure, but it happens. It happens. And I still got everything paid for it. I still went to school and graduated. So I I'm blessed. I'm more blessed than a lot of people. So I can't complain. Sure. That's the infamous fifth metatarsal. I actually fractured my fifth metatarsal uh, in high school. Not, I mean, not to the degree, obviously, but that you did Collins, but mm -hmm. it, it definitely sucks. As we all know, if you play athletics at any serious level, you'll probably incur an injury at some point or another that will keep you up for some time and you know what it's like to sit back and watch your teammates do all the work it's it's tough uh Collins one thing I wanted to ask you about is so something that's unique between all of us that some of the division one guys we've talked to don't really know about is like our postseason is a playoff and it's not just like that little 14 playoff that you do in mm. division one it's it's you know it's a large playoff and yep. it's, so for for you that's on a team that has done it quite a few times and even made it to the semifinals one year. Can you kind of explain to us like what that's like? Because in the NFL, you know, you play a long season, you have a long playoff In college football, you know, sometimes you may play 13 games, maybe even a conference championship. Now, if you get into the playoff, it's different, but I mean, that's a lot of football for you guys. Yep. yep. It's definitely a lot of football. Felt like it was just like a, felt like it was high school. Honestly, that's what it reminded me of. Literally reminded me of high school, just playing games and, Honestly, our team was – we were so talented. Our team was so all, – all the time whenever we were in playoffs, we were just, like, so, so talented. So it felt like we should win every game. Every playoff game that we were playing against, until we got to, like, James Madison or North Dakota State, personally, I felt like we were much more talented, better coached, and more disciplined, and we should definitely win this game. Now, those other teams, James Madison and North Dakota, North Dakota State, they were the same amount of talented and as well coached. And, you know, North Dakota State just doesn't – like, they never lost for, like, years and years and stuff like that. So, but I definitely felt like we were supposed to win, and we did win the way we were supposed to, honestly. So, yeah. Did you, uh, did you travel to, uh, to Fargo? Uh, no. against North Dakota State okay I was gonna ask no, you what's that what's that atmosphere like you know it, it's a it's a crazy place obviously um I'm pretty sure they're like undefeated for a very long time yeah um, like their home record is crazy or something I don't know what it is but it's crazy yeah they're them and James Madison like it's it sucks because FCS is like like there's so many talented teams but the FCS is just like it's James Madison versus North Dakota State yep one and two every year they're they're just they they're obviously a 
great. They beat Division One, one A teams all the time. It's like it's nothing. So that should just goes to show you that all FCS teams are not like what we bring to the table and what we're capable of. You know. No, and, and that's something we try to explain, Collins, to you know other people we bring on the show is like, Division Three level. We have some ballers. Like we can play football. It's just maybe some of us are undersized or not fast relative to the Division One players. But there's good football at every level, and. I make a point of watching James Madison play because when I was taking the family trip up to Vermont one time, this was about the time I was looking at colleges. We were going to Dartmouth, but we just – in Virginia Tech and all that stuff because it's on the way. But we just happened to stop by James Madison because it's there. We're like, okay, we'll stop. Dude, one of the prettiest campuses I've been to. And I, you guys played at their place, I believe, at one point. Yeah, um, it was freezing cold. Uh, dude, I bet. I love their stadium, though. It's pretty sweet. Oh, my gosh. So, it's like a – yeah, like I was saying, it's like, just like a D1-1A stadium. It's really nice. Really nice. All right, Colin. So, one big thing I know about you uh, is your friendship with Solomon Thomas, like you, you know, talked about earlier. Uh, you were there on draft night, I believe, in uh, Chicago, right? Um, yeah, I was in Philly. I was in Philly. Or oh, Philly, Philly, yeah. <sighs> Ooh, I'm getting all my all my names and stuff mixed up. Uh, can you talk about the draft night and what's that experience like? Oh my gosh! So, like honestly, we're doing so much for preparation and doing so much fun stuff. And you know, Solomon, we didn't even get to see him that much because he's just so busy. But we're doing like all this preparation for hours and hours and hours before, and then we get there, and I see like Deion Sanders and Nick Saban and all these big time coaches and legends and players and stuff and we're in there for like 20 minutes because Solomon gets drafted so quick so we get to the spot and we're literally there for like 20 minutes before we're back at the hotel like okay well what do we want to do now <laughs> Solomon's drafted number three overall that was the draft night and you know but it was a, it was an amazing amazing experience I mean I couldn't have asked for anything better than that so I'm so happy that he invited me and he took some of our friends, and it was it was great. Yeah, I remember I actually was watching that draft with Sandy um, in our little student hangout area, and Solomon got taken number three, and I was like – I was losing my mind. I was like, I know this kid. Like, I, I didn't yeah. grow up with him, but, like, I saw him grow up, and, and I was mm -hmm. just like, oh, my gosh, losing my mind. I can only imagine what it was like to be there. Uh, but then he goes on three years later to not only play in the NFC Championship game, but then to go on to the Super Bowl. Uh, what's that like to see, like, your best friend in the Super Bowl, the biggest game to be played, you know, that whole year. Oh, my gosh. Well, that was there. I was at the Super Bowl, too. So, that was just another amazing, like, seeing from the day he got drafted all the way to, like, that's what every player wants is to go to the Super Bowl. And we were just in all the festivities and watching him was just, that's, that's just so, I don't even think, to be honest, I don't think it's clicked yet. That I don't think it's going to click until a couple of years back when we're sitting down and we're like, dang, you were in the Super Bowl. Like, everyone – like, who knows what will happen with the football season nowadays you, with all this COVID going around and everything. But he's – it's just a blessing. God's just looking, watching over all of us with everything going on. I, and I can't believe that – I still can't believe that he was there. I can't yeah. believe that I was there watching him. Unfortunately, it didn't go in their favor. Um, mm -hmm. They had it there in the third quarter. But is there like a experience or like a story you have from the Super Bowl night? Maybe like an after party. I mean, I don't want to call anyone out, but is there something that you can just like not forget that wasn't oh on gosh. the field? There's so many. So I'll tell you about. I can think of three experiences off the top of my head. So the first time, I've never thought I would be a fanboy of any type of athlete or 
famous like anyone famous ever because you know solomon's like uh, like i don't care i'm really just not that person but i saw jerry rice and i almost like stopped all security because i just i just didn't even know what to do so i was like yelling jerry rice and he's two feet away from me he's like relax man and that was really crunchy but so that was the first experience and then shakira i will never forget shakira's halftime performance seeing that live was different so that was really nice i can't i can't deny and then the after party like um the baby the baby performed and um who is it like the jabberwockies they were performing so and they had like it was a private after party with the 49ers and like all my friends that were there so those are the three experiences that i think of off the top of my head that were really really that i remember the most honestly so are are you a 49ers fan now like yeah for sure i yeah <laughs> by default i am by default i'm <laughs> I just like I not even I just it's in my heart I just I don't know it's by default I really am more than the Cowboys I hate to say it Cowboys fans but <laughs> like if 49ers and Cowboys play I hope the 49ers win 10 50 to zero and Solomon has 10 sacks 100 percent I'm sorry I, I don't think uh, the 49ers fans have to worry about that Collins I think they're they're set for now I think they'll be okay if they play the Cowboys again yeah, I hope I hope so. I think they play this season actually. So yeah, they do honestly, but I, I don't know if we'll be able to like um, go with everything going on, what the stadiums will look like, and who will be able to go and stuff. But that kind of stinks because he's coming back home for the first time, and no one's going to be able to. He's not going to be able to show out like he wants to, or maybe it's good he can keep point. Yeah, um, freezing cold. Uh, dude, I bet. I love their stadium, though. It's pretty sweet. Oh, my gosh. So, it's like a – yeah, like I was saying, it's like, just like a D1-1A stadium. It's really nice. Really nice. His mind on the game. Who knows? Yeah. The less people that are there to watch him sack Dak, the better. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I guess save, so for you guys. Save Cowboys the problem. Um, mm-hmm. So, obviously, you're really close to Solomon. You know, Collins, you hear stories about some of these guys who lose Super Bowls and – you know, young, even still early in their careers, you know, it devastates them. I'm not trying to, like, get a sob story or anything, but I just wanted to, like, know how how has Solomon been dealing with – okay, now one thing I would say about Solomon before we talk about any of this is – and you guys know better than me, especially you, Colin, said there have been other things in his life go on that are significantly more important than a football game. You know what I'm talking about. But yeah. um, as far as this loss, like, can you describe to us, like, how he's been uh, responding to it, like, his motivation, his drive, and all that. Oh my gosh, he—I mean—he responds to any adversity better than anyone I've ever met. To be honest, he's like you said, he's been through it. So this is not his first time. He's we've lost tough games before. He's lost tough games in high school and college, and he's lost a tough game in the NFL now. But I mean, all that does is just make his drive harder, and that just turns him in. That—that's what makes him. That's why he got picked third overall. That's what makes him a beast. That's why he's playing the way he plays because he puts all that into his into his work, into his passion, and that turns a new leaf for him for sure. Yeah, no, I knowing Solomon from a from a distance, uh, seeing him in the locker room his senior year, like he's just he's just a different dude. Like he's got a different you know work ethic than everyone else, and he's just he's awesome. Um, but that's enough about football. Uh, the Mavericks. <laughs> One last night on a game winner. Did you watch that game? I was watching live. I was watching Luca eat live. Oh my <laughs> goodness! 
That so I'll, I'll be honest with you. I am not a Ma- I'm not a Mass fan. I'm from Indiana, so so Pacers all the way. Pacers, I, I, ugh, well, they're about to <laughs> they're about to bite the dust. I, I I told Sandy after the Celtics and Raptors won. I said, can we borrow the broom because it's about to be used on us? Um, yep. I'm okay with it. We're we not we're not at full strength, but uh, Mavericks versus Lakers. You talked about you know Cowboys versus 49ers. Who are you picking? Because Lakers and LeBron are your team. But your hometown is a Mavs. Who are you picking? See, LeBron's my guy. LeBron's my guy. But Mavs are my team. It's so hard. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm going with LeBron. I'm sorry. I'm going Bron. Bron. I'm sorry, guys. I love LeBron too much. I'm LeBron for sure. LeBron. I'm thinking LeBron. Whatever team he's on. So, LeBron. so would you have wanted them to play in the first round, even though knowing the Lakers are going to win? I would never want the Lakers. I don't want LeBron to play against the Mavs. I I don't want to see that. I hope, uh, uh, I hope one of the two win, but I hope they don't meet because I don't want to cheer against the other. But if they do meet, and it's it'll be bittersweet because at least Luca beat LeBron or LeBron beat Luca. So I don't want them to meet. I really don't at all. What what what? Uh, why did LeBron be, become your favorite player? Um, you know, my favorite player was Kobe, and it just was his drive and work ethic. What was LeBron's kind of? Why did you gravitate towards him as a basketball player? Oh my gosh, he was he was just like the first un like inhu, inhuman athlete that I ever saw that like that caught my eye from a young age when I really started to pay attention to sports. Like when I was really like a lot younger and I watched a game for real and I was just like this is just and every single year it just it's the same thing. Uh, to be honest, I think LeBron should have, like, eight MVPs. He, it's just because he does so much. Everyone just is just like, um, we expect this from you, so we're just not going to – we're just going to hold you to a higher standard. But, I mean, no, he's – this is year 17 for him, and he's still doing what he's doing, like it's year eight or something. Like, no, nah, he's he's the GOAT in my opinion for sure. So, when the, when the Heat and the Mavs played – uh, I believe in 2011 or was it 2010? It was one of those two years. Um, were you heartbroken that year or were you super happy? Sheesh. So whenever, whenever um, he, mm, I was pretty heartbroken, but I was like, I was pretty heartbroken for LeBron. I was looking at, I was happy, but I was like, oh my God. like I was looking at my mom and she was happy. But in my heart, I was like, LeBron. This is not gonna. This is a blemish. You should have won this series. But yeah, um, freezing cold. I do. I bet. I love their stadium though. It's pretty sweet. Oh my gosh! So it's like a yeah. It's like I was saying, it's like just like a D one one A stadium. It's really nice. Really nice. I mean, it happens. Dirk and them. They had the. Be- they knocked out Kobe and um, the, the Thunder. Thunder yeah. So I mean, no, they were real. They were real. So like people can't be that. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to really because I'll be talking for hours. But no, I was hurt. I was hurt, but I was happy, bittersweet, like I said. But nowadays, now that I know more, I want LeBron. I want his legacy to. to I want him to solidify himself as the goat for sure. For don't worry, sure. Collins. You don't have to worry about this much longer. Obviously, LeBron's knocking on the door of retirement soon. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying no. I'm not saying he's bad. I mean, obviously, he's getting up there in age though, so he'll be retiring. You know, in the next, you know, what three to four years, probably if not sooner, and. That's coinciding with the rise of that bad 
bad man in Dallas. That boy, yes. woo, man, he is sweet with it. So oh my you're in the perfect position, Collins. LeBron's going to be out of the league soon, and the Mavericks are going to be rolling. So you just got it going for you, man, in terms of sports. Yes. That boy Luca is about to turn up. I'm happy to be watching him the next couple of years. That's the new Dirk, new Larry Bird. But, you know, he's the foreigner that came for the Mavs and saved the day, saving the city for sure. And we're going to win a championship with him for sure. Sandy, you, you forget that there's also a guy coming who's who I believe will be a sophomore this year in high school, LeBron's son, LeBron James Jr. Um, he's going to hop on that bandwagon as well. <laughs> yes, I am. Believe that, Bronny. I'm there, Bronny. If you ever watch this podcast, if it ever breaks out, I'm there, Bronny. You know I'm going to be watching you. You are the GOAT Jr. already. Yes, sir. See, he's, you got more competition, Sandy, I promise. Luca ain't mm-hmm. there just yet. <laughs> Not yet, Luca. You better keep going. You better keep going. Are, are you a are you a true believer in in LeBron is the goat over Jordan, or is it Jor- Jordan still is still the goat? LeBron's the goat. I believe LeBron is true. I truly believe LeBron's the goat. I I mean, yeah, yeah. I think LeBron's the goat for sure. For hey, sure. That, fair fair take. I think everyone is entitled to their own opinion. <laughs> uh, we'll agree to disagree. Yes. Um, <laughs> Um, but no, uh, so, so you're, we're going to go kind of back to your college days here. Um, after a win, uh, you know, a big win on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday night, what's the go-to, um, I guess you can say like bar or party that you guys went to after a game? Um, well, I, me personally, I'm like an introvert. So I was just at home and I just played 2k and just relaxed, honestly, like, my body was hurt, and I was just not – So you know, I went out every now and then, but not really. But everyone would go to the Fox. It was called the Jolly Fox, or they would go to somewhere called Shenanigans. And those were the two spots everyone was at all night or until they closed. And I lived right next to the bar, so I was hearing all the screaming and jumping around going on. So, you know, got used to it, though. It was nice. So – Colin, Sam Houston State is in Huntsville, Texas, if I'm right. So that's, what, three hours uh, south of Dallas, I guess, and about an hour north of Houston. Did you guys ever, like, go down to Houston to do anything, like go see different places? or? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, Huntsville has everything, but it's just like a, like a less-tier Houston, obviously, like a lower-tier Houston um there's Conroe that's right there but you know we went to the there's the Galleria whenever we wanted to do anything like super fun that's where we went um to the really fun bars in Houston like I said the Galleria was mainly what we did you know in college we couldn't do too much but um yeah we definitely went to Houston I'll tell you about my experience in Houston I went down there for a kicking camp in eighth grade and the one thing I, te- I two things I came away uh with from Houston one freaking huge two Mm -hmm. it's freaking hot oh my gosh that humidity is something else i mean like it's humid in arkansas too like don't get me wrong i know the text the heat in texas is like probably elevated by one or two degrees because of you know you guys are just a little more southern than we are but dude like the going to texas and playing it's like not that big a difference but when we went to houston you get off the you get out of the car you're like oh my god oh yeah it is scorching and it does not feel you start sweating just walking outside to the car it's annoying and Huntsville is not much better. If you're walking to class, you you're sweating. I'll tell you that right now. So, hey, not fun. 
Uh, no, I, I agree. I luckily, only time I went to Houston, I played basketball. So, went. Yeah, um, it was freezing cold. I, do, I bet. I love their stadium, though. It's pretty sweet. Oh, my gosh. So, it's like a, yeah, like I was saying, it's like, just like a D1, 1A stadium. It's really nice. Really nice. It was inside, but outside, <laughs> not fun. I was running to the car as fast as I could. Uh, is there a food joint down in Huntsville uh, or even Houston because you hung out there that you recommend Sandy to go to if he ever goes back down to Houston or that area? Okay, if you ever go to Huntsville – um, you definitely need to go to Potato Shack or Raging Cajuns. It's called Raging Cajuns. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. My roommate, he also played on the team. He worked there. It was so good. Um, they served some seafood. And potato Shack is just – they'll give you a potato, and it's like – it's hard to exp- – not hard to explain, but it's just like any type of potato you – any type of potato you want. And it's amazing. They're $5 on Fridays. So – and it's worth it. I'm telling you right now. I get the spicy CCR, if you ever remember. Spicy CCR with jalapenos. It is the best right there for sure. Is, is there any spots in Houston that you went to that was oh, okay, like, okay. that was bomb? Let me think about Houston. I'm trying to think. Ooh. Um, I mean, not anywhere that's not like, we went to like, um, what is it called? Cheesecake Factory. That was, that was really nice, but I mean, that's everywhere. Every, you know, every, a lot of places have that. So I can't say that I went to anywhere that was exclusively Houston, Houston-ish, but I mean, if Cheesecake Factory is in Houston, if you ever want to stop by and spend a lot of money. Uh, Cheesecake Factory always smacks, no matter where you go. I've been to Vegas it's one, nice. anywhere I go, man, that place smacks. Yeah. Now, I want to I wanna prove a point. Uh, Dallas sports over Houston sports, which one's better? Um, Dallas, one thousand percent easy peasy lemon squeezy. Don't even gotta think about it. I just, I just want to, Sandy. There's like an unwritten fight between Dallas and Houston. Um, it's, not, it's not even but, close. But it's, Dallas. but it's not a fight to Dallas people. Like it's, it's like Houston people have beef with Dallas people, but Dallas people are just like you guys are. Like, you guys are yeah, just another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not. No, it's not really a fight to us. They're just trying to have fun and something to talk about. But no, that's like. Uh. Uh-uh. It's like Texas football versus like California football. Let's be realistic about the situation. Texas football is the best football in the nation. Still to this day, always will be in my eyes, personally. Let let an outsider come in and handle this one for you guys. So if we if we talk football, Cowboys over Texans right now, of course. Uh, basketball, Mavs, Rockets. Give me the Mavs. Can't stand the way James Harden plays. Um, Drew, help me out here with other major sports. Oh, you, MLS, you, MLS, yeah. FC Dallas over Houston Dynamo right now until Dallas has two really good players that will probably go to Europe at some point. So that'll hurt them. But right now, definitely better than the Dynamo. I'll, I'll say this, the MLB Houston Astros oh, over, over the Rangers because the Rangers are terrible. But, yeah, for sure. but uh, the Astros are a terrible organization ran by terrible people. <laughs> but here it is. Jesus. The number one differentiating factor between the two the Dallas freaking stars baby hey no hockey in Houston too hot to be playing hockey in Houston but the Dallas stars lighting up in Dallas man mm-hmm. that's my team Colin so that's what yes, puts sir. the top for me not even close I only yes, sir. Houston. thank you yes sir yes sir I like that Sandy I, just, I like that for sure what it is Collins is you know I'm from Arkansas and in Arkansas the football team is the Cowboys now if you go to southern Arkansas you'll get some Saints fans because we got some Cajun culture down there but really, it's the Cowboys. It's the Cowboys and the St. Louis Cardinals. So, if, if you're in Arkansas, you kind of gravitate towards the Cowboys anyways. Um, 
but also there's that Arkansas Texas rivalry, which I know. Listen, I understand that in your eyes there's no such thing as a rivalry, but us being the little brother and stuff, we kind of see it that way. So we're always competing. We're not doing a good job competing right now, of course, but there's always a little rivalry. But we do have respect for Texas sports. Okay, good. Because I didn't even know there was a te- Arkansas versus Texas rivalry, to be honest. Yeah, but I, I mean, it, it's that's cute. But Arkansas sports, Arkansas sports are get, they're they're getting up there for sure. You know, y'all have a lot of athletes like Malik Monk and stuff like that. Y'all have a lot of people start coming out from there. But I mean, that's yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we we have our moments like we used mm-hmm. to be really, like obviously back in the Southwest Conference, it was Arkansas and Texas pretty much going at each other. Obviously, in times of late, it has not been really good for Arkansas. Although the last yeah. time we played Texas, beat them thirty-one to seven, should have been thirty-one nothing. So, uh, hook them down, of course. I, I hate Texas Longhorns, by the way. For some Let's reason, go. Hate, on the same page. I hate Texas Longhorns more than anything. I, I don't think but, a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people like the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, um, it's freezing cold. I do. I bet. I love their stadium, though. It's pretty sweet. Oh my gosh! So it's like a yeah. It's like I was saying, it's like, just like a D one one A stadium. It's really nice. Really nice. I hate the horns so much. OU, I hope they kill them every year in Arkansas, if that makes you happy, Sandy. I mean, hey, that's you'll have to wait a little bit. We do play them <laughs> next year, not this year, but next year. So okay, hopefully yeah. we'll be okay by then. Um, and another thing is, obviously, at Hendricks, we had a lot of recruits coming from the Dallas area. So a lot of my friends are Dallas area people, such as Drew and my roommate, Blake Hinton. And Blake's the one that really got me in the Dallas sports, man. Massive Mavericks fan, massive Stars fan, massive Cowboys fan. So it's just hard not to be around enthusiastic Dallas fans and not gravitate towards that culture, man, because, exactly. oh, my gosh, you guys take it so seriously. I mean, we do, too, in Arkansas, because the University of Arkansas is the only thing we got. Drew's going to get tired of me saying that, but that's why we love our sports so much, because it really is the only thing to do in Arkansas is to be a sports mm-hmm. fan. So yep. I just love it, though. So I'm a fan of Dallas sports for sure. But, Colin, so what we do here – on the program when we're done talking about everything else is we have to ask a few silly questions. So we've actually added one to the mix this time. It will be making its debut today with you. So you are the first one who will get this silly question of sorts. So back when Drew and I were going to school and even after he left, a big thing at Hendrix was we had this dining hall, which is set up in a residential style fashion to encourage all the students to like be together. So it's like, it looks like Hogwarts pretty much like the way the tables are arranged. It's long tables. Everyone's sitting next to each other, all that stuff. What we began to notice Collins is when couples would come into the cafeteria and there might be a couple seats available for them to sit across from each other. Even then sometimes they would sit beside each other at the same table. So like they're not sitting across from each other. They're sitting beside each other. We call it side sitting. And well, some people call it side sitting. I call it unacceptable. All right. So my question to you is, is that permissible? Uh, um, personally, I like sitting across. I'm a, I'm across. I like sitting across. Personally, that like, but I understand if it's a hall and there's not seats. If you have the side seat, I mean, you don't have a choice. You got a side seat. So, but if I, if it's, if it's ever like a choice for me, like if I, if, like me and my girl, I'm, we're gonna sit across so I can like not turn my head every second to look at you or talk to you you know no I get that I mean and just being able to talk to you for the last hour or so however long we've been doing this I know that obviously you're a really personable guy I'm sure you you pride yourself on that eye contact being able to be intimate with the person across from you mm-hmm. you just don't get that side sitting but also you're a football guy we're all football guys so 
you know, in the offense, there's such a thing as standing in the pocket, waiting for people to clear out and let's throw the underneath route. And that's the tactic when it comes to uh, finding chairs. If the seat is covered, stay in the pocket for just a little longer, let the defense clear out and let's hit the underneath route. Then we'll go sit beside you. Just, yeah, okay. you, know, you can't rush it sometimes. You have to wait. Mm-hmm. And then the perfect play opens up, you know. It's like hitting Drew on an underneath route. He takes that thing the distance. Yes, sir. I, I understand. I understand. I understand. That's not a bad little analogy there. <laughs> I like that. Sandy, I'm not fast enough to do that. Okay, I'll, get, I'll probably get tackled like five yards down the line. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember a, a celebration that Solomon still does on the sacks, as well as you guys kind of started, the, the, the kill a mockingbird. Uh, where did that stem from? Uh, and, and how did that become y'all's kind of uh, signature celebration? Oh, my gosh. So that's like our little group of six friends, me, Nick Johnston, Bill Weber, Nicholas Ruby, Hunter Hagen, and Solomon. And since junior year, you know, um, whenever that movie came out, we were we, to, we went to watch it together. We loved it. We were just talking about it so much. And we just all, we always found ourselves whistling to each other, like throwing our threes up. And then we were just messing around, like, this is my district, District 12. And then we became D12. And so that's really where that came from. And then we put it into our football stuff. Solomon's been using it ever since. We've all been using it. And just, you know, Solomon gets the most exposure from it. But, you know, it's definitely something we all use and we all love. And that's funny that you remember it and you notice it. (laughs) Yeah, well, like, I'm pretty sure when Solomon got his first sack in the NFL, that was the first celebration he did. Uh, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure actually every sack he's done, if I remember correctly, he's probably done that celebration. Um, Yep. So – uh, it's pretty cool to see that come from junior year of high school all the way to when he's a professional athlete. Um, but kind of the final question we end on um, is the team is the coach's daughter uh, off limits to date. And now it doesn't have to be that point. Yeah. Um, freezing cold. I uh, do. I bet. I love their stadium though. It's pretty sweet. Oh my gosh. So it's like a, yeah. Like I was saying, it's like, just like a D one, one, a stadium. It's really nice. Really nice head coach um it can be any coach on the coaching staff but is that coach off is that is that coach's daughter off limits today Look at his face. <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think i would never ever 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 personally i'm never dating any coach of mine's daughter like absolutely not like no way but i mean so i see some kids there's some kids that i know that are good kids like, you know, Killian Bresnahan's a really good kid. I don't know if you remember, Drew. You know, Killian, I wouldn't be mad at him if he was dating, like, one of the coach's daughter. You know, they're good kids. But personally, I say it's – you shouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I, w- I don't think it. But I don't care. But I'm not doing it. If that helps. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm I, not doing it. Don't care. It, 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 it's a tough situation because if you get in trouble, you know, with the coach or, you know, you oh. break up with the daughter, like what is, how does that affect you on the field? Exactly. So mm. it's, it's a lot of variables. Um, but this question might be a little bit more straightforward and maybe easy. For, is teammate sisters, are they off limits? Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> That is tough. It depends how close you are to the teammate, I think. And again, if you can, if you feel like the guy that she's with is like a good, you know, a good dude, you know, for the most part, I guess. But uh, it depends how close you are. Like if it's me and Solomon, no, nah, I mean, no, nah. you, you cannot date my sister or me and Bill or anything. I cannot date hit Maddie. I can't know, you know, so that's not happening.
I respect that, Collins, and I'm sure your friends do too. I think the biggest qualifying factor here when it comes to answering that question, and this is something we say at Hendricks, you have to stay on top of the food chain. Never do anything that will take you below the top of the food chain. Dating a, sis- dating a teammate's sister will normally do that. In, in Drew's case, what we're dealing with is, now I know you are an outside linebacker, Collins, but let's just say you have a sister and you're a safety. If Drew's running scout team offense and he's running a team route up the middle and he's dating your sister, he's getting smoked. Now, yeah, it probably. may even be – it may be routes on air, but he's getting smoked. Yeah, for the most part, especially if you do something that I don't like. Oh, for yeah, Drew, it wouldn't be good. It for sure wouldn't be good. I'm definitely coming. I'm hitting for sure. If that no. was me. Yes, I, I think I think as a defensive guy, you're able to maybe get away with it a little bit more because offensively mm-hmm. we, we're not able to do as much. Um, but uh, defensively, like, I, I, that's why I was always, you know, I, I never tried to, but I'm just saying, like, it, in the back of my mind, I was like, hey, if their defense off limits or if, like you said, depends on how close you are to them. Like, you know, exactly. if exactly. you're super close, like you don't want to ruin tim- team chemistry. It's all about the mm-hmm. team chemistry. Um, can't be personally. I say you can't be dating sisters and you can't be dating exes, friends, ex, friends, exes. That's off limits. No matter what, completely off limits. If they talked for more than like a two months, it's just off limits. A hundred percent agree. You gotta keep, keep keep up that team chemistry. Um, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Collins, that's all the time we have today, man. Thank you for coming on. It was a blast talking to you, uh, yes, catching sir. up with yourself. Uh, I miss our o- o- outside linebacker dinners, um, your senior year with uh, with Max, Daniel, oh uh, yourself, killing a DP. Uh, it was a blast, man. Uh, I miss you guys, man. The, the crew, that was the crew, man. We all got to get back together for one last dinner or something. Exactly, that man. Yeah, game, for sure. Man. Yes, hundred percent, man. Uh, but thank you, Collins, for coming on. We had a blast. Sandy, do you have any last words? No, man, this is a lot of fun, Collins, and a maybe next year, uh, Chelsea and Bayern Munich meet in the Champions League final again. No. We all know who that Chelsea, went. Let's go. Chelsea has a lot, a lot of work to do, Sandy. So <laughs> very much so. Off the back, though, we're good now. We're buying a bunch of Germans. We're in good shape now. Like Bayern Munich, we got a lot of Germans now. We'll win. All right, you need them. You need them. And that does it for that episode with Collins. Uh, we had a great time filming it. Uh, we it, it was fun just talking to him, uh, reliving some of his times at Sam Houston, as well as talking about his draft night and his Super Bowl experience. Uh, but if you guys want to check out more of our college interviews, you guys can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else you guys find your podcast, and you guys can listen to more episodes there. Hit that subscribe button while you're there. It'll help us out in the long run. Um, but if you guys want to look at more daily content that we post, go to Twitter or TikTok and find us at Splitting Ups. I'm a fucking denim slot and I ain't stand. Treat her wrong and she still do it if I say it. Cause she know I might just move on to her friend. Goofy hoe, I don't get played, I do the plan. No more true religion, I'm too player for it Keep a trust into these bitches, I'm too player for it I can't do that sneak dissing, I'm too player for it Boy, your name ain't never mentioned, I'm too player for it I'm too player for these bitches on my line, bro I'm too player for a bitch that ain't gon' ride, bro I'm too player for a bitch that think she mine, bro I'm too player for a bitch that kill my vibe, bro I'm too player for it Kill my vibe, yeah. I'm too bad, it's too shit for the whole time. I'm 
I'ma stay, I'll stay my stay, and I'll never call. I been swell, feeling well, get up at a rock. She won't stay at my hotel, I ain't mad at all. 